welcome to Amigathon 2021. I am John Bodovkar Schaller, joined by uh, uh, Amigo uh, Aaron. Uh, um, I think you've got a few more days before uh, 2121 kicks off. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, guys. It was a long show. Jeez. Uh, all right, welcome to ARG Presents. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by the Brent. How's it going, the Brent? I'm very tired. You're tired? Are you After kidding me? After watching Amigathon, I watched all the other Amigathons. Back to back to back to back. How's that possible? I can press time. <laughs> yeah, you must have. Gosh, how many total hours <laughs> would those have ran? We've had, two, what, uh, two 12s, a 24, and a 10? That's what, th- what is it, 48, 58 hours? Something like that? I can't add. It's a lot, y'all. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot of time. Hey, we want, we want to thank everybody who showed up yesterday in force, in mass, to raise uh, 5300 bucks U.S., Brent, for the Children's yes. Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, we want to thank our, all the people that helped us out. Uh, our good buddy, uh, Retro Man Cave, a.k.a. Neil, and our good buddy, Amiga Bill. And we also want to thank Mr. Pleasance for stopping by and uh, giving out goodies. Uh, and also, Neil gave out goodies. We also want to uh, thank Pixels at Dawn for his uh, uh, great work behind the scenes. Of course, we want to thank John Bodovkar Schaller, who cobbled this together like a master watchmaker, Brent, with all these moving parts and crap. He's working on watches while I'm playing with Tinker Toys, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I also want to thank uh, our good buddy, Dreamcatcher, who... Really came up with the whole concept of the charity event uh, so many years ago. We appreciate you, DK. We, he's been around uh, forever. It was a fun time, Brent. Uh, it was a, uh, uh, a worthy cause. And uh, I, hopefully uh, we can keep it going next year. But in, uh, in between, we'll, we'll talk about uh, our Thanks for Giving Marathon, which is our uh, event in November for ARG which is just a fun time, but we'll get more into that as the event draws nearer. So, if you joined us last week, Brent, uh, one of those events happened, a cataclysmic event on this show. It was Chat Choice. Chat Choice, inevitably followed by a show that just dies of death. But by God, we're going to give it another shot this year. And Brent, what did the people want to see again? The people only want to see one thing ever, and that's Amstrad, Amstrad, Amstrad. It's all Amstrad all the time, Brent. They love Amstrad. So let's go over the list here. Uh, we originally covered the Amstrad way back on episode 89, where we uh, took a look at uh, Roland Goes Digging and Pinball Dreams, Brent. Yes. That was, a, that was a good one. Actually, that's not true. That was the second time we covered it. The first time we covered it was way back in episode 12. This was me and the boat. Uh, Brent, uh, when we covered Spin Dizzy and Guy and Grizor, so you they weren't even around for that one. That's just nope. how long ago that was. So this week, the the people have spoken, and the people demand more Amstrad. You know, I don't know if there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of Amstrad coverage. Now that I think about it, it's not like I hear a lot. I know the guys who are at Retro Asylum have have uh, touched on it a few times. But I, I haven't, you know, seen anyone like, I don't know if there's a dedicated Amstrad podcast or anything like that. So, hey, that may be a future bit. Don't let the boat here. No. Or I'll be, no, no, you, no. You'll get, you'll get me again, Brent. So, you know, you know I'm kind of glad 
that we have done two other Amstrad episodes. Yeah. With a total of, you know, at least three good games, maybe four, uh, because now we're going to punish the Amstrad fan. What? Now, wait a minute now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, don't skip the, don't, don't, don't jump the shark here. You know, <laughs> Well, of course, we've went over the Amstrad many, many times. Just a, a quick rundown. Uh, this The, the uh, Amstrad CPC uh, came out in 1984, 35 years ago, Brennan says here, and sold 3 million units. That's that's not bad. You know, that's not a, that's not a bad deal. Uh, we actually have one of these bad boys over at the boat's place. Uh, they're a handsome unit. It's got the cassette deck built in there. Wacky colored keys. All the colors of the rainbow represented there, Brent, on the old Amstrad. Uh, and it's a, it's, it's a, it falls in line with a lot of the British computers of the day. Uh, I would, it's, you know, they, it's often in the same little breath as the, uh, as the ZX Spectrum and C64. It's funny, it, it's, it's really its own machine if you play it. I mean, I've played, uh, now I've played quite a bit of Amstrad. And to me, it's somewhere in the it's somewhere firmly in the middle of the, and I don't mean above or below. I just mean in the middle of the spectrum and, and the uh, and the C sixty four. But it, it it was notoriously screwed repeatedly, Brent, by the fact that a, a lot of the games that uh, got made for it were crummy ports from the other two machines. Yes, it, and uh, and that's and that sucks because this thing's got a lot to give. I think I think Pinball Dreams proved. That this machine was uh, more than capable of doing some pretty awesome stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, and it's it's somewhat unfortunate. In fact, it's it's very unfortunate. Uh, this really shouldn't even be put into the same category as the as the Spectrum, uh, in my opinion. Oh, really? I, I think it's far above the Spectrum. Oh my! The co- yeah. controversial, indeed. Uh, I think I think its capabilities are probably. Uh, uh, a little bit further ahead than the Spectrum. From what I've read, now listen, I know this may stun and amaze, but I am not a professional programmer, Brent. Just a mere man. Uh, but from what I've read and what I've heard, uh, part of the problem was is that the con- the conversion of this of games to the Amstrad could go two ways. You could have a proper conversion where you like do the extra work it takes to get everything rolling, or you could do sort of a crap conversion where you don't take the extra steps and everything plays like garbage. Yep. So, and so there you go. And guess what? Uh, most people took the path of least resistance, and it was garbage time. Uh, so the Amstrad, uh, uh, an unf- one of those systems that just never, probably never uh, was able to reach its full potential uh, just because of the existence of the other sort of more popular machines. Well, and, and uh, there you go. You said the word of the hour. Uh, the Amstrad was not popular as the other machines, which in turn, we all know what that equals out to. Less attention from developers. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, uh, with all that said, we're just going to jump right in this week, y'all, uh, to this Amstrad Cavalcade. Now, Brent, I've got to say, you've picked an unusual title here. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to let you we're going to let you be the man. You're going to you're going to be curtain jerking today. <clears throat> what did you bring to the table? I was drawn to this game due to its uh, due to its improper spelling. Of the word doppelganger. Yeah, here it is. So, what in God's name is this, Brent? Can you please? <laughs> it is okay. Let's let's get the uh, the nitty gritty out of the way. Uh, this was developed and published by 
Alligator Software. Say that again. Uh, in 1985. <laughs> this is a Amstrad uh, exclusive. There are games called Doppelganger on many other systems, but not this particular game. So, uh, you know, there aren't a whole lot of Amstrad exclusives out there. In fact, the list is single digit, I believe. Uh, from really? what I was able to find, yeah. <clears throat> and it is described as an action-adventure game uh, set in an isometric viewpoint where you're walking diagonals instead of up and down on the screen. And you are a sorcerer who is uh, imprisoned in a castle and you're tasked with collecting ingots, you know, metal ingots, uh, throughout the castle. That is the goal of the game. The spin of the game is you have a doppelganger, <clears throat> which don't think like a mirror image of yourself. It's more like a spiritual version of yourself, a ghostly image of yourself. So you control two characters. Uh, which that's pretty interesting, and you you do switch between them. Uh, you can't control them both at the same time, <clears throat> and the the reason why you need to do this is the castle that you're stuck in. Some areas only your spiritual form can get in, and uh, the rest of the areas, you know, you walk around in as a human. The game conceptually is incredibly interesting. Uh, having you and your ghostly doppelganger there is a great concept. And they try to throw in kind of puzzly elements. It's not really like like your doppelganger stands on a switch while you go do something else. It's not things like that. It's uh, Your doppelganger has access to some items and some keys that your real person can't get to. So, you know, you have to send them to go get some stuff while you go and get other stuff. And there's a timer that uh, it's only like two minutes long and it's represented by an hourglass. At any time that timer runs out, you're dead. You, you, just, you just fall apart, both versions of you. <clears throat> and the only way to recharge this timer is there's one room in the castle, that if you're standing in the room, you can restart your timer. Um, that was a tremendously poor choice. Because what it means is you basically camp one person into the restart the timer room while your ghostly form goes and does everything else, and then your ghostly form comes back to that room, and you just run back and forth getting the rest of the items you need. Problem two with the game is uh, your human form is constantly attacked by spiders. And I, I mean, they follow you from room to room, uh, which makes it incredibly uh, annoying. You can't stop. You have to basically, even if you get them caught on an object, 
and, and kind of can run around the room independently. If you go through a door, those spiders automatically warp to the next room. So they're a continuous burden. And that, it was done to add difficulty in the game. Uh, and that's, that's a poor way of doing it. Uh, but all that pales in comparison to the absolute worst problem in the game. And this is a problem with isometric games throughout the span of time. The controls are just abysmal. Uh, simple things like walking through doors requires you to be so pinpoint that you will just run into door frames over and over and over. And in some of those rooms, uh, the walls hurt you. Not all of them, but some of them, the walls hurt you. And anytime you get hurt, you lose time uh, because there's not really a health system in the game. So it is unfortunate that they couldn't get this just a little tighter uh, and to have a really good game. Uh, Aaron, I know you said that you had some issues with this. Uh, <laughs> where did you have issues at? Well, let me, let's step back for a minute. You know, okay. I, I have played a lot of, uh, you may have heard this, I've played a lot of Spectrum games <clears throat> in the okay. past year. And this game, I mean, the second I loaded it up and figured out what was going on, this reminded me so much of like a, a what I would call a typical spectrum type game, the view, the the uh, sort of the, the out of body thing. We played a game. Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was we, me and Boat played this game. It was like you. It was exact same concept, uh, uh, where you had basically you controlled head over heels. That's what it was. In fact, I retro said it in the thing here. It's exactly what I was talking about. Retro. Uh, we played a head over heels. Exact same concept. But it was more actiony and mu and much uh, easier to control. This game now, it was another game that I thought was difficult. But that game is nowhere near as hard as this one is because of the dadgum hourglass. Yeah, uh, this thing is unstoppable hourglass. I just hated it. Plus, this game it controls like you're uh, trying to dock a ship or something. It yeah. just it, it doesn't control great. Uh, I mean, it, you get used to it after a while. No, you don't. You um, well, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you know the funny thing about this game, because again, it reminds me of a Spectrum game. It is quite well drawn. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a good looking, colorful game. Yeah. The concept of like, I don't know if you, like you're having an, uh, the the princess or having an out of body experience. Not a princess, sorceress. Sorceress. Okay, that makes more sense. I like the fact that her astral form. You know, she's like Doctor Strange. It's performing tasks. But, man, it's tough to get around. It's tough not to take damage. The damage can st rapidly stack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so you, it's, you, you don't get, get like generated a, by enemies. Yeah, you don't you don't get like a, a safety, a measure of safety between attacks. You have, you're instantly ca are open to get attacked again. The spiders are, oh, God. They, you're right. They're relentless. Yeah. Uh, these things are relentless. You've never seen an intelligent attack spiders like these. And so... And, and <laughs> well, go on, I wouldn't go on. call them intelligent. They're just persistent. They're intelligent. They're following you room to room. You know, these are smart spiders. These are my nightmare spiders, like in real life, <laughs> that would pursue you to just to get you. Um, the uh, I, liked mo I liked a lot of the concepts in the game. I mean, it, it's a decent idea. Even the hourglass is kind of a neat idea. But you, you've got to give the... 
a, a beginning player some break. You know, I'm, I don't know if after you played this for a while, you might get better at it. But my God, I mean, it, it, it's right out of the gate. You're accosted, you know, and it makes it tough. I know this thing's got tons of rooms and stuff. I was reading about it. It's uh, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot there. Yeah, the mansion's huge. Yeah, and it's uh, it's well, and unlike a lot of the specy games like this, I mean, there's every room kind of looks di different. There's like different sorts of decorations and stuff. A I lot like, of them. I like that. Yeah, but I mean, you've it just, but it, it, the control the combination of the controls and the damage you take and the uh, small amount you can take before you run out of time, and the fact that you can, it's almost impossible to get your time renewed, you're boned. And, well, and it, made, it made it hard. Again, uh, once you find out that if you park someone in that room, you can just switch back to them, re-hit your timer, and then if, as long as you're doing stuff in your ghostly form, the timer is almost nothing. Uh, the issue is uh, that shouldn't be how it works. Uh, I would have been much happier, much, much happier. I think this would have made for a much better game if instead of your timer continuously kicks down, maybe the timer only kicks down if you and your spirit form are separated. Because having the room that restarts your, your timer uh, essentially does the same thing. You park one person there, you go do all your tasks, you gather up all your items and then switch to bring the other person there and switch back and do it again. It would have been more entertaining, in my opinion, is if as long as your two doppelganger forms are together, you restart the timer. So as long as you touch yes. each other, it restarts the timer. I think that would have made for a better game. I think that would have made for a more strategic game. And it would have even made with the spiders, because uh, you can get a shield item in the game. Uh, and that will stop you from taking damage from the spiders or a lot of other damage too, but mainly the spiders are the big the big uh, issue. Uh, and then lastly, the whole premise of the game that you're collecting ingots and they they're different ingots. It looks like gold and silver type things. What? The what? Maybe she's that stealing is, them uh, from an, from an evil guy or something. No, no, but it's that's it's silly it's silly this is a game that i feel had uh a huge potential uh because they got the graphics even the sounds aren't bad yeah uh, not bad some of your when you're getting generated the sound is is kind of a uh a, a grinding to the ears but uh it's not it's not bad the uh uh items in the game even though like i never figured out what some items did and I, I certainly did not beat the game. Um, what? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> uh, but overall, if the controls were better, I think this would have been a much better game. This game actually reviewed uh, okay. Uh, it did have reviews that went down into uh, the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Uh, but it also had reviews in, uh, uh, you know, four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. So, I think, uh, of course, this is back in the day of, you know, you can't, how much can you trust a review? But, from what is, the information that is out there, that's what we got. So, I didn't, I wanted to like this game more. 
would I em- emulate? Would I buy this game? No, no. I, although I could not find it. Um, yeah, good luck. Would I take the time to set up an Amstrad emulator to play this? <sighs> Probably not. Um, even though you can go to uh, archive.org and play this, uh, that's, that's probably the way to go. <laughs> yeah, the, unless you've got an Amstrad set up ready to rock and roll. The uh, the unfortunate situation of it all is the controls are so bad that um, it's it makes the game not fun. These isometric games are tough to control anyway. You know, we well, this from, does really yeah, this requires know, such precision. Stuff, yeah. uh, it's just too much. So you know, that's my opinion on it. We did get a uh, we did get a uh, first of all you didn't touch the 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 uh, the, uh, the big deal. The, there's one big deal about this game. And I don't think and I don't think you mentioned it. If I if I if you did, I'm apologizing. But uh, they misspelled doppelganger. Oh yeah, that was the very <laughs> beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons I picked it. Yeah, they they misspelled <laughs> doppelganger. So that's also you know that's never good when that happens. Um, we did have a a uh, review. Uh, all right, a uh, review in our Discord from our good buddy Frodo NL. I keep seeing this guy everywhere I go, Brent. It's like a bad penny. Frodo writes... It's a good penny. Yeah. It starts with spelling the word doppelganger incorrect, and it doesn't get much better than that. Oh. Which is a shame, since I like the idea. The execution is very poor, though. Three out of ten. Uh, he buried it, as I guess is what I'm saying. But that was a burial. I, uh, you know, you and you can't say that's wrong, because the game is... I would not say the game goes as far as to be unplayable, yeah. uh, but it's frustrating to play. And really, that might be worse than unplayable. Because well, you, you try, and then just get angry. Yeah, it is It is a shame when a game has a lot of potential, and then just drops the ball. I will say, uh, uh, this game, I will fire this up when we get our Amstrad working. Because I've got to try this on there just to see if the controls are actually this bad. Because if they're actually this bad... Then they that is a that's the worst part of the entire thing. The controls were uh, hideous. Yeah, uh, well, so, it, it is. Uh, reviews have also mentioned that it's. Yeah, I saw I saw like that, that too. So that's why I said, you know, it's funny. Uh, um, even as far as the because a lot of Amstrad, I guess there was there were some pretty obscure titles in there. This seems to be a fairly obscure one, uh, Brent. Oh uh, yes, this yeah. is this is for a an exclusive for the system that has very very few exclusives yeah. you think this would be kind of boosted uh especially within the community cuz it has potential it has you know if someone said this is my favorite game uh, okay yeah. i can see that uh but yeah for a game that is an exclusive to amstrad it gets very little press and there's very little out there about it and so there you go so try this at your peril so, I guess I'll take the helm here, Scotty. Uh, the next game, the game that I chose this week. Now, you know me, Brent. I swore to you. I said, Brent, I will never want again pick a game solely based on the name. What a stupid way to do things. I've done it so many times. And, I, and I've gotten burned more than once. But by golly, I had to renege on that rule when I saw the name of this game. It's the island, Brent, of Dr. Destructo. I love it. What a great name. It sounds like one of the B-movies I'd see on Mystery Science Theater. Island of Dr. Destructo. Uh, this, of course, not a uh, an exclusive answer game. This one also got a, a C-64 release. Uh, so, and a uh, ZX Spectrum And a ZX release. Spectrum. Uh, this released in 87, published by Bulldog. 
it, this was programmed by a fellow named Eugene Messina. Now, you know, it's funny. I've never heard of Eugene Messina. I'll, I'll admit that. Uh, but he was responsible for... He did a couple other games. I think these are off the uh, system. Legend of the Sword and Final Battle. But he did work on something I actually had heard of. Virtual Reality Studio from 1991. Because I remember being intrigued by this title. Because I was into virtual reality anything. Of course, it took another couple decades. That to get the ball <laughs> to get rolling. So he actually worked on something I had heard of. Uh, the art on this thing was from a fellow named David Lincoln Howells. Who uh, never did anything else on the Amstrad. <clears throat> and... Uh, this was a cassette. This came out for one pound ninety nine p budget budget title, Brent. And this was also involved in uh, multiple uh, compilations and whatnot. So, what do you do in this game? Uh, you are a, a a fighter pilot, and you are out to destroy uh, all of Doctor Destructo's stuff. That's the plot, because he's Doctor Destructo. With a name, when your mama names you that, you ain't gonna be a good boy. You're gonna be bad. Can you imagine raising little Destructo? His, yes, the, I can. The, 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 <laughs> the terrible twos, the threes. My God, his teenage years. It would be a, be a disaster. Never good. It's almost like Doctor No. Any of these doctors that have evil names, you pretty much you've written their path in stone. So you can't let this guy keep roaming around. You gotta take care of business on Doctor Destructo. Take care of business. You do. You hop into your plane. And you go to work. Uh, let me read you the inlay text from the cassette. Uh, you have just seven days to prevent Dr. Destructo from carrying out his evil plans and launching a massive, massive global attack. Your mission is to destroy the Dr. Destructo and his island stronghold in just seven days. The buildings and fleet of the Destructo Empire are destroyed from the impact of shot down air and spacecraft or by bomb which is allocated to each player per screen. That's all you need to know. That's the game, my friend. Uh, this game is an unapologetic arcade throwdown. Uh, you play one lone aircraft, and you go to work battling hordes, waves and waves of enemy aircrafts. The key to this game is the brilliance of the one-game motif. When you blow up an enemy aircraft, their flaming wreckage goes straight down. And when it falls straight down, it falls upon one of Dr. Destructo's many vehicles of destruction. Right? There could be ships. There could be subs. There could be ships that are docked. There could even be islands. There could be castles. Any number of things. 21 screens worth of stuff. And that's what you're up to. Uh, your plane has the ability to shoot a machine gun, it's also got, once per screen, you can drop the big bomb that does damage. You hit the space bar, drop the big bomb. Uh, the first, say, three or four screens of this aren't too tough. Uh, they're different types of ships. You've got aircraft carriers and battleships. Each one of them has a name, which I like that, too. Uh, and one thing this game does is that there's also a day-night cycle, which is awesome. I mean, it really changes the colors of the screen. Uh, there, it, dawn comes, a whole nine yards, and you you keep battling. This, this plane has infinite uh, gas. It's nonstop action. So when you blow three holes uh, in the uh, enemy's big thing, aircraft carrier, whatever, it, it starts to sink. And in a few minutes, you'll hear an alarm go off, and it sinks. And when you do that, you move on to the next wave. It's that simple. You start off with like eight guys. Sounds like a lot, but you can go through them pretty quick. And... 
as the game progresses, you it, the aircraft become more difficult, and you also are confronted with other items. Uh, as you move into the upper levels, uh, satellites will come down. Uh, satellites that you can't destroy, they just sort of get in your way. Uh, there's also blue planes that, that are out there which you can't run into. You can sort of kind of run over green planes as you shoot them. Blue planes, will, if you hit them, you'll die. There's also green planes that when you shoot them, they turn into blue planes. There's uh, rockets that shoot across the screen. There's Black Hawk or heli like not, almost like an Airwolf style helicopters that come out. They try to shoot you. There's also missiles, like I said, big like uh, MX missiles that shoot across the screen. And eventually you'll get to the point where there's UFOs up there with Dr. Destructo's unleashing his entire armada on you. He brings out the, he brings out the UFOs. All of these things, or well, not all of them, but for the most part, when you shoot them down, they, they will fall. Like I said, there are some items that are indestructible. Uh, that's the concept. This game could have been in any arcade on Earth. It's, it's, it's a straight... It reminds me so much of like a... Uh, it reminds me of if someone made a real violent version of looping. If you remember looping in the arcade. You remember that one, Brent? I do. Yeah. Yes. It's just... Uh, uh, it's one screen. So uh, there is no scrolling... Air. I mean, you have very little airspace to operate. And that's, that's what makes the game interesting. Uh, you have uh, uh, you have a confined you have a very confined space to do your work. Uh, it's all about doing loops. It's all about uh, staying low sometimes to, to avoid the mass uh, of enemies that are coming down. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, something else this game's got going for it uh, is two player simultaneous team up action. Brent, you can have you and your friend go in and go to work. Uh, in this case, one, your friend's plane will be kind of a red plane, uh, which stands out good enough. It's pretty simple to keep track of your plane, but occasionally you can lose your plane in the mix. Uh, but uh, uh, it's not that tough to, to figure out. Plus, you're the only thing that's really shooting like, like you normally would do. I really thought the concept of blowing holes and stuff with, these, with, the, with the wreckage of these blown-up airplanes is a real clever idea, Brent. What were your initial thoughts on this one? I hated this game. I what? absolutely hated it. Uh, I, I played it, and by stage three, I was so bored. Uh, and I had basically seen everything that the game had to offer. Uh, yeah, it throws a few more enemies out there. Uh, and, and yeah, it gets silly. The game doesn't take itself seriously because you sink islands. Yeah. Uh, you sink, uh, you know, sh uh, houses. Like, literally, you blow holes in them when water spouts out, just yeah. like the ships, and then the whole thing sinks into the water. Yes. Um, and, and that's good. It's good that the game's just kind of, you know, cutesy. You only get one bomb, and, and sometimes yeah. the bomb is... You just throw it, and it just goes off the screen. It's gone. That's true. Um, because nothing just falls in this game. It travels uh, three or four frames, clicks on the screen, because the, they kind of grid up, and then fall down, and that's how you do damage. Um, I There were several points 
I you said seven is you start with seven lives and you were like, Oh, you'll go no, you won't go through those seven lives. You can beat this game the first time you play it if you want to. No way. You yes. beat this game. No, I didn't know. I got by stage like seven, I was so bored I just quit. This game I, is real my, hard. My lives uh turned into letters because after every stage you get an additional guy. Yep. Um and it, you just play and play and play and play. The the con it never gets the concept never grows. Um I just was so bored. So bored. The game's not I did you think this game was difficult? Oh yeah, I mean it it's not at first. I'd say that it doesn't ramp up in difficulty. It does a good job of showing you the different concepts until about level five or so, and then uh, it it gets a lot. It gets more difficult pretty quick. It's not like mega difficult, but they ramp up. Listen, it it's not like it, you acted like they added just a couple new things. They had a ton. Of the aircraft change. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. No, There's, but the whatever's at the bottom of the screen means nothing. No, I'm not talking it about mean, that. I'm talking about the different stuff that's flying around. You've got the uh, you've got uh, like I said the blue planes, the UFOs, the satellites, the missiles, the uh, the helicopters that come out, the yellow bombers that come out. There's a lot of stuff that comes out, and it, it, as as you go through 21 levels, I think it, they ramp up the difficulty pretty nicely. And I also don't think I could beat this game just on my first play. It gets pretty freaking hard, man. It's and it's mantic, which I like. I like that manic. I like crazy manic action. You know, you that's get, what this is. You get into a pattern where you you keep going figure eight style, infinity symbol style, if you will. And you just continuously shoot, and then you eventually win, and you go to the next stage, where you start your hour or your uh, infinity symbol loop, shooting the entire time, and then you win and go to the next stage. Occasionally, you'll blow up, and you won't know why, uh, and then you go to the next stage. I was so bored, Aaron. I was so bored. Uh, maybe if this was two-player... Uh, and you were, uh, uh, I don't know, drunk. It is two-player. No, no, I know. I'm saying maybe if you were playing two-player and you were, you know, tipsy or or an altered mind state, uh, you could get enjoyment out of this. Uh, knowing that it's a budget title, I'll cut it a little bit of slack, but this this game has no, there's there's nothing, there's no meat. There's no meat on the bone here, Aaron. It's just the same thing over and over and over. And you said, like you said, this is arcade action, right? Yeah. I 100% agree with you. But you know what's great about arcade games? In five minutes, they're over. This game. Not what I play. This game is just not difficult enough to be challenging. And. It just is so tedious and drawn out. I had no fun with this. I had absolutely no fun with this. Let me tell you something. You have never been more wrong about any game on this show. You're burying a good game here. This is sweet, sweet arcade action. Two pounds this was. Two pounds. If you'd paid two pounds for this, you'd be laughing all the way to the bank, the money bank. This was grade A action. You're flying around. You're doing all that crazy stuff. You're telling me you didn't have any fun on this? I cannot believe that. It's not too easy. If they ramp the difficulty up correctly, the concept behind this is brilliant. 
The whole the blowing really? up the ship. Yeah, it is. Blowing up the ship with the other planes. I love that. It's clever. You're turning the tables on Dr. Destructo. I love that. The fact Aaron, that I've got all these different Dr. things to blow up. If all Dr. Destructo had to do to wind was ground his air forces. And the Air Force does nothing anyway. Listen. 90% of the planes literally just fly back and forth. Do you think a guy with a name like Dr. Destructo is going to not, is going to be, uh, is going to do the right thing? Is he going to do the arrogant jerk thing? He's Dr. Freaking Destructo, man. He's probably reveling in some of this himself. He can't help it. He's Dr. Destructo. That's why this game's great. Arcade action. It, it's got a concept that you establish instantly. That means you automatically know the rules. You automatically know how you play the game. They ramp up. It's just like a time pilot or something, where they where they ramp up the uh, aircraft insulting. difficulty. Listen, it's you very just insulted time. It's pilot. very similar to time pilot. Don't give me that. You you've it got an aircraft. Like you pilot. shoot around. You've got a, you've got aircraft coming at you. They get increasing difficulty. You've got. I love that. You've got different enemies. You're going after at the end. It's very similar in a lot of ways. It's like if time pilot looping had a crazy. Amstradian kid, this would be this game. I think the you're... One thing, the, the few things I will give this game, the graphics are are really good. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the the motion and the fluid controls uh, are good. The sound is passable. It's pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it did fine. It just... I don't know why you would ever stop... I don't know why you would ever play this for, you know... More than fun. fifteen minutes. Fun. That's why it's a this challenge. This wasn't fun. It's a it challenge wasn't fun for me. Listen, I want to see your King Dong s skills at this game sometime. If you're just breezing through this like there's nothing there, then you must you must be uh, some sort of super genius of Doctor Destruction because this game gets tough in uh, those later levels. And you burn through those lives. That's why you get so many. That's what makes it fun. You know, I disagree I, with you on this one. That's, I uh. uh I will show you my skills on this game next yeah. time we're together because I would like to see how you played that you were dying so much. I was not. I, I had a good. I, mean, I, I had saw you play in Chase HQ yesterday. Yeah. And Turrican. So yeah. I kind of understand. But this game. Oh, okay. We'll see your Turrican skills too, there, big man. No, Turrican's a hard game. Oh, now <laughs> we turn. Yeah, listen. That right there says it all. So. Uh, by the way, I did look at this. Uh, Geo's late just commented this was better on the C64. I did not play the C64 version, but I did look at it. I, I, I thought this, this looked pretty, pretty at least as good, if not better. I, personally. I played the CPC version of this and the uh, uh, Spectrum version of oh, this. Oh, how was the Spectrum version? I didn't even try that one. The Spectrum version was really good. Really? Not as colorful, yeah. presumably. Well, I mean, it was blockier. Did the you, graphics weren't as good as the Amstrad did you, version. Did you like, but, which one did you prefer? Uh, I mean that's not fair. I oh, think that, please! You I had think to prefer that the, one. The uh, ZX Spectrum version was more impressive for the system that it was on. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, but Listen, I the Spectrum's not a DI calculator, man. It can do good stuff. It, it, I'm not surprised they could pull it off. Uh, we had a uh, our good buddy Frodo took a look at this for us. Uh, he writes a simple concept executed rather well. Quite good graphics, way better than both the Specky and C64 version. I'm not the only one. Limited but functional sounds. While I worry that this will become repetitive in single-player mode, it should be a lot of fun playing with a friend, especially after a few beers. Eight and a half out of ten, Brent. Eat it. Eat that. Frodo is on my side. 
I got some reviews. I don't on know. It. He's kind of uh, kind of echoed my thoughts. No, on that listen, you're echoing your thoughts of be just an, an empty room. Okay, so the critics uh, gave this thing. Uh, the people over at ASM uh, gave the Amstead version this a nine out of twelve. All right, not what? too bad. Yeah, you heard me. Boop. Yeah, and AA gave it seventy-seven percent. By the way, I looked this up on the eBay, Brent. Uh, this can be obtained for as little as one to ten dollars. And by the way, this retained its value. Show me how many games <laughs> did that. Some, it's up to five times more than its original cost. Uh, this did have a sequel, if you can believe that. I, th I think it was a. I, I'm not exactly sure who made it. I just literally took a small glimpse. It was not an Amstrad release, so I didn't get into it too much. But they did make a sequel to this, and it was released on like phones. So and this probably would be a decent little phone game. Yeah, given the, I can uh, see what, well the controls would be horrible. Given the real estate of it, listen. And by the way, uh, to compound Frodo's point, uh, you had enough beer, you can make anything playable. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not. Although I'm really, I'm not. I'm more of a, of a bourbon man myself. But you know, it didn't take as much bourbon. Um, I should mention Brent uh, before we move away from the uh, the beloved Amstrad, which I personally this is one of my favorite games I've played on the Amstrad. I really enjoyed this. Um, wow. Okay. And I've, been, I've been playing a lot of Amstrad recently due to my coin ops build that I've been working on. Uh, if you want to pick you up an actual factual Amstrad, Brent, with all the multicolored awesomeness uh, 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 that an Amstrad has to offer, I saw these things going for under 200 US dollars. I was surprised, uh, man. I have a question, Aaron, yeah. and you might not know the answer to this. All right. I can't the Amstrad, yeah. uh, what does it have for video out? Uh, I, I don't have one here, so I don't know. I don't know what boats got the Amstrad, so I, I don't know. I, probably, I, I don't remember. Uh, and I'm sure maybe somebody in the chat can tell us. Uh, the, why, you go pick one up? No, I just, uh, you know, if they're under $200 uh, and they were something that you could hook up uh, fairly easy to, you know, you didn't have to have some kind of standard, uh, you know, video type thing. Yeah. RGB is what Chad is saying. But, you know, that's... Uh, that's something. Yeah. You know, the problem is, I just wish Amstrad had uh, more uh, exclusives. Well, I really do. The Amstrad was under uh, developed for, as, we, as we've as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, one thing before we close this down, you know, our buddy, uh, we've got a buddy over in the uh, Discord uh, named Simulant, who does, he does some, he does some kind of exotic hardware sales. He put together keyboards based on some of these old computers, like the design of them. And his uh, Amstrad keyboard, you know, these are just keyboards you hooked like a PC. It looks sure. awesome. The colors on this, they really lend itself. To, I, so I would love to see that. that uh, he was kickstarter these. He's going back to retool them. I hope these get released because the, I, I, the Amstrad was my personal favorite. It has a great look, I think. And I, uh, I, I, I think it's a, a unique-looking machine. You know what else yep. is? You know what else is unique looking, Brent? Aside from myself, <laughs> you beat me to it. It's What's the that? wheel. It's the wheel, my friend. Let's fire this stuff up. So, Brent, this week we've added a couple beauties, if I may. Let me get this sucker lined up here. So, firstly, on our retro rewind, Brent, we've got the Turbo Graphics 16. There it is. And our new system this week. And this is another I ever heard of. I'm dreading it. Game King. I am the Game King. I'm going to sing it again right there. One through three. Your sound's kind of going wacky, so I'm going to go ahead and explain some things about All the right. wheel. Uh, we've got three pieces on there that are locks. The uh, ZX Spectrum, uh, the uh, 1200 XL, 
and the TRS-80. If those are spun, they stay on the wheel, and they will go for another spin next week. Those are uh, to commemorate our fallen shows that uh, are no longer getting the weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly podcast due to uh, John having to change professions. So... See, we're getting a little bit of lag, but Aaron, go ahead and spin that thing up. Let's, let's see, see what we what got we here. You ready? Here we go. That's a good spin. Oh, the Acorn Electron. The Acorn. Oh, that's gonna make somebody really the happy. Acorn Electron, Brent. Now, what do you know about the Acorn Electron? Yep, I like acorns. I think we're made up of electrons. We got that going for us. A... Uh, what do you? Th you know, I, I know of the acorn electron, but I don't think we've fooled with it that much. Uh, and so that will be our system next week. Now, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that. I've heard a lot. You know, it's one of those systems that pops up every occasion when we're going over like stuff that's supported for other stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm sure the people in the chat uh, are much more familiar with the acorn electron than we are. So we will we'll do our best. Actually, chat seems very very confused and and, and sort of uh, yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we definitely will. Uh, Brent, do you want to do any shout outs to the good fine folks into the chat today? Not All right, fair one. enough. Then we'll get out of here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> let's go. Let's see if we can find a few lurkers here to talk about. Your favorite. <laughs> oh man, he's all choked up. Uh, I, I want to say hello to Bum Titty oh, Bum my. Bum. That guy's gonna get a call at every time. Uh, let's see, we got a Lurks here in chat. Uh, Pappy's Wills, or p possibly Pappy Swills. I guess that would make a little more sense. Pappy's Thirsty. Uh, and a, a, a quick shout out to Universe. And then some of our chatters here today. We got Pixels at Dawn, Picard, uh, Curtis. Hello, High Seven itch, Chai. Itch. Now I'm going. I'm going to go with High <laughs> Seven Chai. Uh, John. You did not speak cool guy. Uh, Duncan Styles, <laughs> Mitz is in chats. Geo's Lake. Man, we had a ton of people yeah. come out. Holy moly! Uh, Roushey was in chat. Uh, so much, so much chatting going on, Duke Retro and others. Man, Pixels. It's a cast of thousands. Dunk, everybody. We love you all. Picard made it so. All our favorites. Uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, check out ARG. Uh, we stumbled through this one. Uh, it was a long trip yesterday on the uh, on the, on the uh, marathon, but uh, I felt pretty good today, Brent. I was ready for some answered action, and now I'm ready for some acorn electron action i'm actually looking forward to this one quite a bit it should be fun uh any parting thoughts before we put this one to bed brinster fair nope. enough adios muchachos we'll catch you guys next week same bat time same bat channel until then destruct on thanks for joining us today we really hope you enjoyed the episode we'd like to say hello to all of our youtube subscribers as well as all of our twitch followers we want to say a special thank you to Duncan Styles 
who does all of our awesome Vectric graphics, and to BarkBit for writing our incredible closing theme. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Help keep us spinning. Just like these fine folks. John Duckman, Chris Foles, Frodo NL, Gary Heather, Anthony Jarvis, Graham W. Vetke, John Schaller, Terry Howard, Hermsky, and Retro Algae. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us by leaving us a positive review on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Have an idea you'd like to add to the wheel? You can contact us at argpresents at mail.com. ARG films live on Twitch every Sunday, 9 a.m. EDT. Hope to see you there.